Welcome to Cabin Minute Cast. The scenario has been chosen. The ritual has begun. We are ready to appease the old gods one minute at a time. I am Heidi Bennett of HeidiBennett.com. Hello, and I'm Molly Balin of LittleRedMark.com. That was kind of a uh, Mrs. Doubtfire hello. 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 That has crossed my mind a couple of times in the past when you've done your hello before. Fuck. <laughs> oh, I'm going to maybe stop that. Anywho. <laughs> in today's episode, we're covering minute 39 of the movie, The Cabin in the Woods. And in this minute, Dana and Holden get cozy on the couch. Yes. Getting cozy, talking Latin, putting on your spectacles. <laughs> Get in your beer. <laughs> He's she's passing him a beer, but it's like in a different sort of container than what um they're all drinking out of like steins of some sort, but his looks a little different yeah. than than the one that uh Kurt was drinking out of. That's all. Yeah, I had a probably an irrational fear because it looks like it's metal and I'm just kind of concerned about lead poisoning for all of them, Mm -hmm. which I guess is kind of a irrelevant concern since they're all going to die anyway, (laughs) but (laughs) like, should you be drinking out of that? There's a a fear. There's always a fear of the BPA mug that you're sucking everything out of. Like, you know how everyone had the Nalgene, right? The Nalgene bottles for, yeah, for every, for everything and then they're like oh my god all the water it's got plastic in it it's killing you it's killing you you know and then everything's bpa free so now i just have paranoia and doubt of anything i'm, I'm drinking out of because it might have some it's just laced with it's all laced with poison people it's all bad just eat your pop tart and you know don't think about <laughs> it so anywho yeah so it's weird weird steins and beer and doesn't beer make you kind of gassy though? I always feel like beer is kind of a bad choice for for a date or hooking up because I just feel yeah, like carbonation. I always know? feel a little belchy, beer belchy, mm-hmm. sure. Especially the way she was pouring that beer too. And you pour like shit too, Dana. <laughs> Come on, <laughs> like would you like a pint of foam? But before you know, she does, just... that, sorry to mean to interrupt you. I was just saying, no, before, no, no, before she does that. We get the end of just the tail end of what Marty was saying, right? From last minute, he gets cut off where he says, we are not who we are. And then I'm going to read a book with pictures. And when he does that, I feel like he's almost like exit stage left because he's like (laughs) on the right hand (laughs) side. And then which would actually for him, it would be exit stage right. But anyways, but it has that feel like I'm on the right hand side and then I'm walking across the screen to the left. So I just it just looks like a very purposeful you know, shot there. Oh, it totally does. It totally, I had the same feeling. I watched this this time and I was like, this seems really awkward. This is like, I'm obviously leaving because these guys are going to have a moment on the couch. Bye. (laughs) (laughs) And that thing of like, I'm going to go look at a book with pictures. I think like I could definitely like to do that too, where I'm just kind of like, I'm going to go spend some time doing something like very simple and soothing, like just look at something Mm. with very little written words and a lot of images and definitely used to 
and still do. But when I was in my 20s, I definitely uh, really got into alternative comics. So I was looking at a lot Mm. of, uh, you know, Love and Rockets and Hate and Eight Ball and um, Mm -hmm. stuff like that. And so I definitely like to cozy up with those and and get into get lost in that world, that other world. So, yeah. So, yeah. But uh, and also doing that thing where you're like, okay, it looks like my friends are going to hook up. I guess I'll go to the other room. That whole thing is <laughs> happening in just the first couple of seconds of this minute. So I just wanted to mm-hmm. bring that, bring us back to that before we get into the, the Latin lovers. Mm-mm-mm. Yeah. While you were talking, and I know you've spoken about this before, that uh, your dad is a, a cultured gentleman of leisure now, and you grew up with you know, really great influences of photography and art and great picture books. And I I think about coffee table books being just like the height of luxury, Mm. you know, they're like the glossy photos. They're so like, um, it's amazing photography. I I just find that when people have beautiful art picture books around, it's just, it's just, oh, it's so, so luxurious. It's, um, you know, so I I appreciate him being like, I'm going to go read a book with pictures now because there's (laughs) something... There's something so beautiful about that to me, you know, the coffee table book. And I think it also says a lot about who lives in the home, what kind of picture books they have out, not only about what they're into, but that it's almost like a candy dish for the mind. Mm -hmm. You know, like there's something for you to like casually flip through if things get awkward, i.e. this point in this minute, as in it's gotten awkward, I need to go away now. (laughs) Yeah, no, that's true. And at at our house, uh, at my house here, we have a lot of definitely comic books, art books, and just, you know, mid-century modern collections of, you know, pottery and stuff like that. And we have a bunch of old vintage cookbooks. And when Brian and I were first dating, that was something we sort of bonded over as we'd look at all these vintage cookbooks that have really interesting ingredients like, oh my gosh, every recipe includes, you know, pimentos or a can of... (laughs) mushroom Campbell's mushroom soup or you know if it was in the 60s and then you know earlier interesting kind of historical it's just looking at history through the lens of of vintage cookbooks is something we like to do but I yeah I love I love a good a good picture book and and my dad you're right my dad and my stepmom they they have just a a whole house full of art books and history and lots of photography and all sorts of interesting stuff. So you could hole away there and definitely get lost in all sorts of books. Yeah, I love that you guys bonded over uh, vintage cookbooks, because I feel like that's just like an amazing piece of archaeology. Yeah, because that's the way people were eating back in the day. And just in a very short amount of time, I don't think 50 years is that long to see a radical difference in how people were really cooking. And, And it's pretty you know, where you're talking about like World War II or post-World War II, like 60s era, Mm -hmm. like Velveeta or cream and mushroom soup, which I know I grew up with pretty heavily as being a a base of cooking in the Midwest. Mm -hmm. So yeah, just regionally. I just think it's interesting. It's really cool. Yeah, no, it's really fun. Um, It's fun to do that and look sometimes you know even older cookbooks we've had to like look up ingredients because we didn't even understand what they were you know so i yeah it is it, it's an interesting way to look at history for sure getting back to this minute at hand here so holden she's giving holden a drink and then he's holding 
patient's diary? Is that what this is supposed to be going on here? I think so, yeah. Because it looks looks old and it looks wrinkly and it looks like it's been around for a while. And then he's saying, I guess, what's written in there, right? Yeah, he's yeah, he's trying to translate it, I, I presume. The Latin, um, the- uh, yeah, what does he say? The Latin that you um read. But he so he's <laughs> reading it. Okay, he's saying thank you when she hands him the beer and then says the pain outlives the flesh the flesh returns re has a meeting place and then she says what is that and he says the latin you am read and then she says oh you speak latin not well well not since 10th grade weird how it all comes back so okay so he's translating as he reads her reads the diary mhm yeah so yeah what what did you think about this this minute here what's going on i think the line you just read from holden not well not since 10th grade weird how it all comes back i thought was a very telling line because i interpreted that and and i'm curious about how you how you interpreted that line but i interpret it as that you know somebody i think casually maybe saying that would mean something very different than this context because i presumed in this context they they meaning the complex had drugged him to have that recollection Mm. So I think what he's trying to say here is, wow, that's really strange that I can remember this stuff because it's been so long ago. And I was kind of wondering, well, maybe that's because they've enhanced you in some fashion Mm. to either A, remember that or B, enhanced your mm, capacities to be able to put that together. Right. So if Kurt has been (laughs) dehanced... right to be sort of the yeah. dumb jock and then so has then it it might be not a stretch to say that holden has been enhanced to um yeah that's i didn't think of it that way but i like that idea but i wonder how that would benefit them like does it benefit them that they now know what was said because we know that the latin well we don't know yet well we know that the latin we as the audience saw that the Latin has awoken the Buckners, but these guys don't know yet. So I'm wondering how it might benefit them that they know better what the Latin says. Mm, right. Right. So if I'm understanding you correctly, what you're saying is how does it how does it benefit the complex to give him connection to the knowledge to be able to understand what was said right i don't think it does i think they i think you're you're right i think the implication of that question is 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 it doesn't i think that by virtue of enhancing him so he can play the role of egghead Mm -hmm. has unlocked things that have as a side note given him the capacity to read it if that makes sense. So like it's 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 they've enhanced him to have the role, but not enough to actually do anything good about it. <laughs> gotcha. So the fact that he can read it is just like, great. Now he's even more acting like the scholar. Right. And that's yeah. what he's supposed to be to play his role. So he's cementing his his um, place as the scholar by being able to read the Latin, at least kind of. Mm-hmm. Right, that he yeah. has that they're giving him the the capacity to to be able to to read that. But what's shitty is that it can't help them in any way. <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> you know, I was like, oh, 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 yeah. 
Well, that's great that you can remember that, buddy. (laughs) (laughs) So yeah, we kind of shift into uh, them having a little bit of a flirtatious moment here with Dana kind of apologizing for everybody because Holden's sort of the odd man out a little bit, it seems to me, in their Mm -hmm. group. Kurt knows him. But he, as as we heard from an earlier part in this flick, Kurt was saying that he's just transferred in. So he's mm-hmm. new. So um, hence them trying to, you know, hook Jules up with him and whatnot. So she's apologizing, I think, for the whole group being wacky tonight to him and being like, sorry, this kind of sucks, you know, or like, sorry if you're feeling uncomfortable because all this shit's gone down and Holden's, well, do I lose points if I tell you I am having a pretty nice time? And she kind of smiles. And then the music shifts. So you were talking earlier, two episodes ago, about Mm -hmm. these minutes being really interesting about music shifts. And this was the point where I really noticed that I really heard this sort of soft, almost Mm rom-com-y music kick in. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot of interesting little rom-com-y kind of switches, music switches here. And then, yeah, like you said, so she does her her little giggle. Or her little kind of laugh. And then she says, no, you can tell me that. What I just thought was just an interesting choice of words. You can tell me that. I did too. I don't even, it's like, instead of just like, no, yeah, thanks. Or, you know, I don't know. It's like, it's just maybe just more of that. (laughs) Like, she doesn't exactly know what words to say. and, And as I kind of mentioned a little bit earlier, like now... So he's solidifying his scholarliness here, and she's solidifying her sort of innocent looking. And we know she's not, I mean, quote unquote, innocent in that we know she's been a sexually active, you know, young lady. She was was, banging the professor not that long ago. (laughs) But they're framing her out to be this. So does that mean she's been given drugs that make her feel more vulnerable or innocent? Mm. Or I don't know. We don't really get a full... I mean, we see Lynn come in to the complex and talk about, you know, switching things up and kind of monitoring jewels, but we don't get that for everybody else. But we do know that they're keeping tabs on which rooms each person is being in. So I guess it's not too much of a stretch to imagine that each person could be being administered different things. We just don't hear about every single thing they do. Right, right. And I think that opens it up to some speculation about has she also been altered in some way to make her susceptible at this point in time? Yeah, because she does have that like, oh, this is such a, I don't know, it's an old fashioned courting moment, I guess you could say. Yeah, I think that's what's interesting here is that it's an old fashioned courting moment. While he's saying the pain outlives the flesh, the flesh returns, (laughs) re has a meeting place, you know, like, uh, I don't know what that means. Is this going to be the meeting place? You know, is this where the flesh is going to return? Like to, yeah, you know. Mm. <laughs> um, yeah, it does look like a real sweet little, you know, they're cozy in front of the fire. They each have a drink. She's she's softened her gaze at him and her lips are quite relaxed. His body language, his arm is behind, you know, over the couch back 
So he's kind of, they're facing each other in front of a warm fire. So like if you took a snapshot of this moment, it could be, this could be in a totally different movie. It doesn't say it's um, in a scary movie, like the minute previous where I was saying Mm -hmm. it looks like she's exactly in a, like you said, a poster for a spooky movie or a horror flick. This is like rom-com USA. Mm-hmm. Yeah, totally. This is a uh, Julia Roberts moment here on the couch. And it's so interesting that you mentioned that because we have the dichotomy of this kind of Jerry Maguire-ish moment on the couch but then right shifting after this, you've got Jules and Kurt like giggling in the woods, which is so much more of what we would consider a traditional horror pre-sex romp before death. And that's sort of interesting that this all happens just in this this, sec- this 60 seconds. Right. Like you had me at pain lives out in the flesh. The flesh <laughs> returns. <laughs> You're right. It's the weirdest thing to bond over. Yeah. Yeah. And then, like you said, so yeah, it, it totally is. Like, and the colors change, the music changes, everything changes from them by the fire, softly lit to predator. right like the green and the amongst the trees like that's what i thought of as soon as i I love it i love it that we've made this minute a mashup between jerry Maguire and predator (laughs) in a a sexual context (laughs) this is a weird pitch (laughs) imagine (laughs) jerry Maguire meets predator yeah wow (laughs) yeah but this also has a romantic look to it in that they're running through the forest and he's grabbing her and lifting her up and they're smooching and you know it's not really until you hear them talking that it's kurt's he's like why what are you running away from me don't spill on me (laughs) oh you got a little beer on your shirt i guess we'll have to you know (laughs) meathead patrol here oh my god i know it's just the the, the basis dudeness ever of like boobs show me your boobs here's an excuse show me your boobs yeah (laughs) yeah so that's the other thing i'm i don't really understand why they're running in the woods did you have a sense of why they're running in the woods hmm why are they running a good question i think it's yeah it's more like frolicking to me it's just like let's get lost you know like let's run amongst the trees because it's fun and frolicky so i don't know yeah they're not running from they're more like running to the experience of gathering up into the woods and getting getting down with it Mm. like girl you're gonna be picking pine needles out of your ass here in a second none of this is like (laughs) none of this is yeah there's no uh there's no picnic blanket you know (laughs) oh my god and we know already know her little pigums are hanging out of the back so maybe she's just trying to keep her pigums warm by running (laughs) i just need the friction from the pigums to stay warm i love it Oh man, that doesn't even give her the jacket or nothing. Nothing. I know. (laughs) 
Oh, shit. So on that note, yeah. is there anything uh, that you observed that you wanted to bring up? Not really. Just, yeah, this change in tone. How much different here in this minute is interesting. But yeah, that that was it. That, that was all I had for this minute. Yeah, cool. So since it is Pop Culture Friday, we have recommendations and words of wisdom. It's a words of wisdom recommendation Friday since we're... Um, during the end of 2017 yes so did you want me to go first or do you want to go first why don't you go ahead so i was kind of thinking because we've had people on who have actually suggested books and i've suggested none and we're (laughs) 39 episodes into this podcast so i figured i would i would suggest a book but i got this book as a gift for my I got this book as a gift for my 30th birthday, and it's just been a really great read. So I also feel like it's appropriate because we're talking about uh, books with pictures, of which uh, this is. And so it's called Pronoia, How the Whole World is Conspiring to Shower You with Blessings. And I have the edition that came out in 2005. There's been a second edition that's come out a little more recently, and it's by Rob Bresney, who many of you may know, who does free will astrology and so free will astrology has its own website and it also shows up in um, several local alternative magazines across the country if you have access to one of those so what i really dig about this is it's a mix of poetry and trivia and self-help and it's got really cool little pictures in it and it's a little new agey and it's a little fluffy and it's just something that's a good feel type of a book. And I also feel like it's a good book that if you wanted to kind of review your life and make changes and and get deep with yourself here at the end of the year, it's a it's a good book to do that. So I was going to read a little passage out of here just so you guys can get a a flavor of this. Um, So they have these different sections. And this one happens to be called Pronoia News Network. And this is actually from like a book of a book, but one of the sections is called Hands That Harvested Your Food. And it said, strawberries are too delicate to be picked by machine. The perfectly ripe ones bruise even at too heavy a human touch. Every strawberry you have ever eaten has been picked by calloused human hands. Every piece of toast with jelly represents someone's knees, someone's aching backs and hips, someone with a bandana on her wrist to wipe away the sweat. And so this is a quote by Alison Luderman, quoted in After the Ecstasy, the Laundry by Jack Cornfield, which is also another plug for Jack Cornfield, who's who's cool. But um, it has all these cute little trivia references in it. And so there's also um, like a section about like your dreams and interpret and draw pictures of the dreams you have while reading this book. And they have these little, little things called sacred advertisements. And so this one says... Dreamtime University and your work on your dreams are brought to you by comedian Chris Rock's approach to honing his art form. You've got to kind of live like a bum to be a successful stand-up comic, he says, but the bigger you get, the less free time you have to let your mind just wander. In order for me to be a good stand-up, I got to pretty much do nothing all day. I love that. I do too. Yeah, what I remember about Rob Bresny is and his free will astrology and seeing it in a local paper in Sacramento is that it always had a bit of a sense of like whimsy and humor. And I always appreciated that. 
And then the things that you mentioned that you quoted out of it, I think you mentioned beforehand that this is sort of a workbook. So it's like you can draw in it or write in it or journal in it and that kind of a thing, or it prompts you to answer questions and stuff. Yeah, cool. And then it has some quotes from some other wise and interesting people, it sounds like. It does. Yeah, it's, it's littered with interesting trivia. I think the other part of this particular book is talking about how there's so much bad news out there that we're just inundated with bad news and his point is like well there's lots of really good things that are happening all the time but we don't always hear about them and so there are these sections that bring up really like touching or or good news that we may not know like you know ted turner donating millions of dollars every year or parts of like weather getting better somewhere something something just biological happening that we're not falling apart like we used to for example or there are vaccines come up something something that you wouldn't you'd be like oh well, that's really cool but you don't necessarily see the publicity because there's other really heavy-handed things happening in the world that tend to get a lot more news cycle or there's something happening in Twitter that's snarky and people are riffing on. So it right. it does a good job, I think, of counterbalancing some of those energies that we're we're really feeling right now. Yeah. No, I think that's such a oh a fantastic recommendation and it definitely kind of dovetails nicely into what what I wanted to do, which wasn't recommend a book or anything or a or a podcast, or um, something on Netflix that I'm binging. (laughs) (laughs) But to just as we move into a new year, to just be, be patient with your process. Mm -hmm. So I talk about this a lot with my with my clients, uh, my coaching clients, and then my friends and then myself is this a lot of times when you get to the end of of one year and into a new year, you may, you know, whether you call it a resolution or just think like, Oh, I don't, I don't make resolutions, but you know, I think this year I'm going to start doing a little more of this or that, you know, however you frame it out or less of, and all of that stuff is really, really great. But I just would say that my recommendation is to just give yourself time. So if you, if you do want to say, you know, change a, a, a few new habits, like start with one you know, and let give that give that a few weeks. Um, if you wanted to start, you know, meditating more, you know, let yourself get into that rhythm before you maybe change something about like, I'm switching to tea instead of coffee, or, mm-hmm. you know, like, just don't don't stack the deck. And I mean, if you know that stacking the deck works for you, like I love to change five things in one week, and that works for me, great. But for most of us, it works a lot better if we give each and every little habit change some time to to sink in. And also, you know, statistically, when people do start a New Year's resolution, it it's within the first month that they already have let them go. So if you did start something and you're already realizing that it's not going to work out or, you know, don't feel like you've let yourself down, you're just being totally human and doing what most of us do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and you might just need to switch something up and change something even on a more micro level. And then I think the why is most important. So if you're doing something because you think you're supposed to do it, is that a good enough reason? Or are you doing it because somebody else is doing it? You're comparing yourself to them. You want to be more like them. So you're doing it. That's probably not a great reason. Or because you feel like somebody else is going to be proud of you because you do it, you know? 
uh, it's got to be something you want to do. And maybe you want to do it, but you're not sure why. So just ask yourself some questions, get curious about your motivations about why you want to make those changes. Mm. And then um, if it is really something you want to change, I would just say, yeah, try, try one change at a time. And then just work through that thing. Like people say, you know, failure is good or, you know, failing upward and stuff. That's what it means. Like it, part of it means like just trying something. It's like being a scientist with your own, with your own self. You're just experimenting. Okay, let's see. This didn't quite work. Let's adjust, but don't get down on yourself about it. It's just, it's just an experiment, you know, and you're going to find what works for you. And um, yeah, so that's that's what I say. Be be gentle with yourself. Be kind to yourself and try short, actionable little things and uh, and then just adjust accordingly. That's really good advice. And it's kind advice. I like it. Thanks, buddy. Yeah. I try to give it to myself every day. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. Yay. So, yeah, those are my parting thoughts. I wish you guys all a safe and happy, you know, new year and excited for 2018. We've still got quite a few minutes to go. <laughs> yep, you're not rid of us yet. We got a we got a couple of months. This is our lives, man. We're spending our lives doing this. This is our our precious moments on earth and and we're making them happy, good moments. And thank you for, for sharing them with us. So happy Absolutely. New Year. Yeah. Happy New Year. Happy to, to be doing this with everybody. And uh, we'll see you all back at the cabin. 